At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever been interested in taking meaningful and eye-catching self-portraits? If so, our self-portrait photography indoors on a budget course is perfect for you. I'm actually the instructor and I'll be teaching you how to take really beautiful photographs of yourself indoors without investing in any other equipment. These lessons are all about making the most of what you have, experienced or not, and telling an authentic story. There are 30 video lessons that include quizzes, a community of photographers, random surprises, and much more. This is an incredible opportunity for you to improve your self-portrait photography skills and to impress everyone around you. I have a very special discount code just for our podcast listeners. We're offering a 50% discount code just for you. Use this code to claim your discount, Portrait50. Hello everyone. My name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This week, I talked to Gulnara Samoylova a professional street photographer and educator. Gulnara has a popular Instagram account called Women Street Photographers that aims to empower female photographers from all over the world. We talk about the photos she took on September 11th, her artist residency project, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Gulnara. Welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. I'm Gulnara Samoylova. And I am a founder and curator of Women's Street Photographers. I am also a street photographer myself, and I do fine art photography, and I'm also an educator. I teach um, private workshops. That's amazing. I really look forward to having a conversation with you about photography because you've achieved so much. You're such a great source of inspiration to photographers of all kinds, but especially women. And yeah, I really look forward to finding out more about you and your story. Oh, I can't wait to talk to you. You know, again, thank you so much uh, for um, having me at your podcast. And thank you for agreeing. It's an honor. 
What camera equipment do you use? Um, okay, technical things, fun. So uh, currently, well, first of all, I, uh, I'd like to say that I've been a photographer for over 40 years. And I'm a big fan of uh, Canon cameras. And uh, when I was a commercial professional photographer, I used Canon. And now I use, you know, now I don't do commercial photography, so I use Fujifilm X-T3 uh, for my street photography. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really like it's a, uh, a workhorse camera. Uh, it has everything I need for street photography. And my favorite lens, I, have, I only have two lenses. Um, before that, I only had one lens, which is 28. And I love this lens because it allows me to uh, get everything I want in the frame without cutting off limbs or, you know, from, of people. Mm-hmm. Now I, I have uh, until from recently, um, or maybe the last year or so, I purchased a 35 millimeter lens. Uh, when I'm talking about 35, it's equivalent to 35, equivalent to 28. Mm-hmm. So now I'm using 35 just because I'd like to keep a certain distance from people. I don't want to get too close. So I switched to 35. And those fixed lenses, I don't like zooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's important now during the pandemic to be very careful about the distance that you have between yourself and your models. So yeah, things like that you have to keep in mind, technically speaking. Yeah. Well, in New York, where I live uh, for for thirty years now, um, we we actually uh, over uh, with pandemic. So, I guess I can switch back to twenty eight. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations on that. Well, that's amazing. It's so good. I know. I mean, uh, hopefully that stays that way. You know, we New Yorkers. Uh, I mean, I call myself New Yorkers because because I lived there for so long. Um, but I'm originally I'm from Russia, but we are. In New York, I mean, that's why we, I think, won, quote-unquote, the pandemic, because we just so, you know, we believe in science, we organize, we wear masks, we, you know. So I think, you know, it, it worked. Yeah, and that's the most important thing, that it worked, and that you have these good results. And I mean, for you as a photographer, creatively, that's great, because you can spend more time outside shooting now, right? Because as a street photographer, that's super important. Yeah, I mean... Pandemic didn't really stop me from going out and take pictures, um, but um, but I was busy with my book uh, uh, last year, so I spent a lot of time indoors anyway. So you said that you focused a lot on commercial photography in the past. What kind of commercial work did you do? So I had a a destination wedding photography business. Mm-hmm for I think 11 years, 10 or 11. So before um, before I quit um, business. Okay, and I remember reading an interview that you had with another website and you said that you were involved in the wedding photography business for many years and then decided that making money wasn't enough, which led to the creation of an Instagram account that focuses on female street photographers. Making money wasn't enough is an interesting phrase and something that a lot of creative people struggle with, I think. So I would love to know your opinion on 
people who want to make a living out of photography, but also want to stay true to their creative values? Yes. It's a very interesting, you know, question. And when I decided that making money was enough, I was going through time where, you know, I wanted to fulfill my life with something that meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of like soul searching uh, when I decided that what makes me happy is making art. And I actively, once I made that decision, I actively uh, began working towards that goal. Meaning I had to cut down on weddings. Uh, You know, there's nothing wrong with weddings. Uh, I was just, to begin with, I started uh, with wedding photography because I needed money. And that was my main purpose because <laughs> at the time I was going, you know, struggling financially and I was like, I need to make money fast. And I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it satisfied me as a photojournalist, as a documentary photographer and portraits. And I mean, it was, it was fun. And I had to, you know, I was traveling and I had celebrity clients and, um, you know, I went to interesting places in the world. But what happened is that I was hired to photograph a vacation for this uh, wealthy family. And I spent three weeks with them in China documenting their vacation. Mm-hmm. So I had my cannons, you know, on each side. And then I took my little Leica point and shoot just for fun. And I literally like was shooting from the hip. Yeah. So when I got back from China, back home, and I look at the images, I found that I took some photos uh, that I still use for my portfolio. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I can do it. I love it. And I enjoyed it. Uh, I had fun. And I remember that feeling that I haven't felt in a while. You know, like the satisfaction of uh, that I made like good photos for mm-hmm. myself, <laughs> not for clients, you know. So that's what started like, how, what can I do? How I can have this feeling all the time, you know, the satisfaction with, with my, with me making art. You know, I've been making art since I was 15. So, you know, that's like when I was 15, uh, when I introduced to photography, and why I decided to be a photographer is that uh, I went to like photography school and the teacher like exposed the paper and he put in a developer, you know, it's dark and there's a red light and the image began developing in the developer. And I thought it was like the most magical thing in the entire like world. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a photographer. So. Going back to your question is that I, throughout like my life, I had to remind myself how I stay true to myself, how I um, experience that happiness that I experienced when I saw the paper developing in the developer, or when I looked at my images I took in China. And I still like, I still have goosebumps. I'm talking to you right now. So I just wanted to have it in my life. And that's when I realized money's not, you know, it's, it's not enough to make you happy. Money don't make you happy. And 
so, you know, I think personal satisfaction is what makes you happy. Yeah. Helping other people, what makes you happy, which I knew, but I didn't realize until I started Women's Street Photographers, how satisfying it was to helping other women. Mm-hmm. It really, it really energized me. Like I wanted to like climb mountains with that feeling. Oh. And so my advice is that with people who are, you know, struggling with like, how do I stay true to myself? Go back to that feeling what makes you happy. And I, I just, you know, I, I gave you a couple of examples, right? So another example is that I realized that when you want something and you have clear goals, you can achieve it. When I moved to New York City without speaking any English, I was going to a school uh, of like English as second language. And they were like preparing future immigrants, I guess, you know, by teaching how to be secretary or a nurse. And mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I will never be secretary or nurse. It's not just, you know, and I know a lot of people who move to different countries, they change careers. Uh, but I wanted, again, I, wa- I wanted, like, there's nothing else I want to do but photography. Mm-hmm. So I went to the teacher and I said, this is what I'm good at. Can you find me a job in photography field? And she's like, okay, let me see. And you know what? She got me a, a job uh, shooting public sculptures in public parks of New York City. So it was a work for City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, I would walk around in parks, take pictures, give them the film. They would develop themselves. So that was a, like a volunteer job. And that proved to me that, okay, even here in a foreign country without speaking language, I can find something that I love. I mean, I can do something that I love. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, going back as well, uh, when I finished the high school, I didn't go to college right away, but I just marched into this centralized lab in Ufa, where I'm from. Uh, Ufa is the capital of Bashkortostan. And I said, give me any job. Mm. And my, my first job was washing prints, you know, wash prints and like cutting them in standard sizes, putting them in an envelope and mailing them to clients. So that was my first job. But I was happy because I was with photographers and in the field that excite me. And then from there, the, you know, I uh, went on to uh, become a like, photo printer and then a studio photographer. And then I started teaching photography myself. So, you know, when you're passionate about something, you always find ways to make it as your career. I think, I think you just have to believe in yourself and your abilities. And even if you have like a side job or you have a main job, just continue with your passion and have clear goals. A lot of people don't have clear goals and give up. You know, write them down and have like a five-year plan. I don't know. I have plans all the time. I make plans, but realistic plans. And then they change and you adjust. But... um, you, you, you stay true to yourself, opportunities 
present themselves. That's for sure. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And thank you for sharing such an interesting story. What a cool journey you've had as a photographer so far and how beautiful it is that you've always stayed true to yourself as a photographer and that you have so much success already. I think that's very inspiring, especially for people who are immigrants and are in a different country and love photography, but don't really know where to go with that passion. I think your story will really inspire them. I hope so. <laughs> you mentioned that you have an Instagram account where you celebrate women street photographers, female street photographers. I would love to know more about that, how that project started and what's happening with it right now. So um, how it started, I was going through that period of my life where I, as I mentioned before, when I decided to quit wedding photography and do something meaningful. And like many women, I experienced sexism throughout my career, both in, in Russia and United States. Mm-hmm. So when Trump was elected, it triggered memories of the sexism. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, instead of being frustrated and angry about it, I decided that the best way for me uh, to be a contribution was to create a space dedicated to empowering women photographers. I decided that to, I wanted to create the kind of support and community I wanted for myself. Uh, whether that uh, like promotion or exhibitions, uh, artist residencies, inspiration films or publications, or just being a part of the community. So I had a, a access to book a, a gallery space and I wanted to create an exhibition of women's street photographers. And I began researching because I was so surprised I didn't actually know any uh, female street photographers at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know of, you know, photographers that sadly no longer with us, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know any contemporaries. So I began searching them on Instagram. So I started following all the street photography accounts, a big one. And I had a really hard time like finding like they would post photos by male photographers and maybe like in 30 posts, there will be a female photographer. Mm-hmm. So what I, I began saving, saving uh, those photos done by women. And then I just opened an account uh, so I can have a separate account just for you know, women's street photographers. And I just called it as it is, women's street photographers. Just for me, um, this was, at the beginning, it was for me, uh, it was a catalog. So I have all these photos in one place. Mm-hmm. And then more and more, I saw that there was no really, it was just such a male-dominated field. And and then I was questioning, like, who are behind those street photography accounts? Like, who are they? I mean, it's obviously male. And, or that, what I thought. So I started posting. I was posting those photos at uh, the end of, like, 2017. 
And then at the beginning of 2018, I started like really putting a lot of time into it, posting every day. And then I started writing like why I like those pictures. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I need to get in front of the camera, a live audience and start talking about photography answer questions i wanted my followers like the couple hundred followers that i had at the time i wanted them to see that there is a real person with a a massive uh experience uh, behind her back uh as a photographer as a photo editor so yeah and that that's it and then it just took off it was really well received by both uh women and men uh, nearly half of uh, my followers are men. And then things uh, began to develop organically from there. I launched a website, uh, which currently features uh, over 250 photographers from, from over 40 countries. Uh, also traveling exhibition. Uh, I mentioned, I think, there's an annual exhibition in New York City. Uh, which is once a year. And uh, we also, when I say we, uh, it's Zimene Chagwe, uh, mentor and curator of Women's Street Photographers, mm-hmm. and I, we curate uh, exhibitions all over the world. Uh, so we uh, curated exhibitions in Sofia, Bulgaria, in Brussels, in Russia, in uh, Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur twice, uh, Italy, India twice, Poland. Mm. And uh, yeah, Poland uh, was a really nice festival in Poland. Bieska uh, Biala, um, well, I really enjoyed that ex- uh, exhibition. Also in the United States. As, uh, and uh, last year, we didn't stop because of pandemic. We didn't stop. We curated actually five exhibitions last year, mm. two in person and three online exhibitions, uh, which uh, pandemic forced us to think outside of a box. Uh, as much as I'm a big fan of actual exhibitions with framed work and hanging on the wall, I recognize that online exhibition if uh, done well uh actually much more effective because it reaches uh such a a broad amount of uh viewers uh, all over the world and the exhibition we uh, created um our first virtual exhibition we created which is interactive uh, it's like a 3D, you know, you enter the space and you can, bra- you know, you can like uh, walk around uh, the virtual room and you can uh, see a photograph. You can read the caption uh, and uh, all the information, like Instagram account and everything. So I'm kind of like excited about this. Well, right now we're curating another one, uh, our second virtual exhibition. and also. What I am excited very, very much is the artist residency. In 2019, uh, we had our first uh, artist residency. And the winner was Valerie Cis from France. She came to New York for two weeks and 
Jimena and I, we uh, uh, mentored her. Uh, and at the end of her mentorship, she had a solo exhibition during our annual exhibition. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about it because this is something that I wanted to, for myself, uh, all these years, like I wanted to be somewhere away from everyday life and, you know, families and everything. Just focus on your passion. And New York is such a, I think, mecca of street photography. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, when Valerie came here, it was December, it was so cold. But this is what makes you stronger and think uh, and forces you to think outside of a box. You know, she was like, you know, I never photographed in such a cold weather or flat light. And so it takes you out of your comfort zone. And that's when magic happens, when you are outside of your comfort zone and, and your brain thinking differently and you're forced to do different things. And it just expands your creativity. So in 2020, uh, we... Uh, announced our second artist residency and we were lucky we got had like a hundred percent funding so we opened this to anyone in the world regardless of your financial situation we were covering uh airfare ticket from anywhere in the world so and there were free submissions you you could submit your submission for free So we want to give this opportunity to any women from, you know, anywhere like small village or a woman who never like maybe dreamed to come to New York. And we had a winner um, from Calcutta, India, uh, Debrani Das. She's a housewife and she's very talented. And we are so, 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 so excited and waiting for her to come to New York because she couldn't um, come, uh, obviously, because of pandemic. And uh, But the place is her. She's a winner, and we're just waiting for the borders to open up so she can come to New York for two weeks. She's also going to get a daily stipend for her expenses. Um, two weeks uh, stay in uh, art space. It's an artist residency in New York City. Uh, she's going to have a, a large studio with kitchen and um, and a workspace, and that's where the her exhibition is going to be as well in the art space gallery. And uh, Zimena and I were going to also mentor her and guide her. And also in New York, we created such a uh, like a very tight group of women. Uh, street photographers, and not only street photographers, but before pandemic, we would meet every month and have our gatherings where we just bring food and drinks and we just socialize. So we developed like a really close relationships with all these women. And so Debrani will have an opportunity to treat all these women and have a socialize with those women and have a guidance from them as well. So we're all eager. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And our dream also to create this artist residencies in uh, Europe and Asia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so we're working on that. And also, uh, last year, um, at the beginning of pandemic, uh, Zemena and I, we were thinking, like, how can we um, inspire photographers who are were in lockdown? So we produced short film, uh, inspirational short film series. Uh, we made three far, and uh, we featured uh, two female photographers and one male photographers because mm-hmm. uh, we thought that, you know, we are all in the same boat for you know, men and women. Yeah. And uh, right now we are working on the fourth film. What else we did? And, you know, we, we are uh, also working on our first magazine. It's going to be a online multimedia magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, was done, but we are not in a rush to publish yet. And the book, you know, <laughs> uh, there is a book uh, with Pristel called Women's Street Photographers. Uh, mm-hmm. This is, uh, I'm just so proud of that uh, we were able to publish uh, such a book, uh, first of a kind. Absolutely. Yeah, you should be proud of all of your achievements. I'm very impressed, especially with the artist residency and the opportunities that you're giving to women from all over the world. That's very admirable because there are so many people out there, as you've said, who live in villages or in places where photography isn't really a thing or a career option who really want to improve their photography and they feel like they don't have that opportunity and you at least give them the chance to do that for free and to submit their photographs for free. I think that's very empowering and a great thing to do. Yes, and all the exhibition, uh, oh, thank you, <laughs> but all the exhibitions, uh, exhibition calls also have a free submission. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no excuse uh, there. Like right now, uh, we had exhibition call to Paris exhibition uh, and you could submit up to eight photographs for free you mm-hmm. know, for the series, which is, and it's, you know, even if you don't get um, into the exhibition, it's a great uh, opportunity for exposure for, for me and Zimena to see the work. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I share those work on Instagram, which has a, a, a huge following. Um, I believe it's over 115,000 followers right now. Mm-hmm. So I find I discover so many talented women through exhibition calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is this is majority of women I discover are through exhibition calls. And right now I'm posting series uh, that was submitted for the Paris exhibition. And maybe most of them are not going to be uh, chosen for the exhibition because I can talk about how we create exhibition as well uh, later on. But uh, having exposure on Instagram, I know for a fact uh, they get a big following because not only us discovering this uh, women, but also the followers. They also go to their accounts and they see that their work. They like it. And uh, it's a big exposure for everyone. Uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of social media because this way you reach more people. You introduce your work to more people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, 
Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's a great opportunity to be discovered. Yeah, I mean, even a small feature on Instagram, on your account, I mean, that would be a big opportunity already. But even that alone, as you said, that could change somebody's career completely. That could attract more followers to their account. That could lead to a job opportunity. Like, you never know. So nobody should ever underestimate a feature. I, yeah. Yes. It- Exactly, exactly. Like I know for a fact again, because, you know, women share with me their excitements of like, you know, they do get job opportunities. I students magazine and organizations and news agencies. And I know that uh, and a lot of photographers sell their work. Mm-hmm. They see uh, they see something they like and they contact me. The time those people how can I purchase this work? Can I purchase them? I direct the directly because I have time to set up the system yet, uh, so I can act as an agent between photographer and a client, mm-hmm. uh, which is a multi-do list in the future. Um, because some some women, you know, they, they don't have a, a, a option to, let's say, receive payment or they don't know how much to sell their work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we underestimate our work and we sell it too cheap and uh, or we give it for free or we give it for exposure or yeah, like I hear so many stories. Plus, I went through this myself, you know, again, you know, during my 40 years of uh, in photography. Um, I learned a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, you know, I was a new, I was a photojournalist and uh, and a commercial photographer. So, and uh, I know, like when we had this amazing, amazing feature on New York Times, I know everybody sold their work. That was like incredible exposure for everybody, mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I'm selling uh, my art edition uh, uh, book. Uh, I, I released a limited edition book with a print. Uh, so Women's Street Photographers Plus, it comes with my uh, print from the book, mm-hmm. signed and uh, limited to only 100. So this is, uh, although Instagram is like, you don't like per se, see the money from Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. You don't earn money. I mean, in my case, like I don't directly earn anything from the Instagram, but there's indirectly you earn money by selling prints or books or, I mean, there's many opportunities or you get hired uh, for for gigs because uh, editors like your style and they want their coverage or whatever the event particularly in this style. Absolutely. I know mm-hmm. I know Michelle Graskop, I mean she is a street photographer, but she is, you know all this big 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 publication like Wired and uh New York Times and uh they all hire her for her style, very bold and unique style. Uh and um so it, it's a you can make a, a living out of something that you're passionate about. 
Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And it's all about exposure and putting yourself out there and not being afraid to put yourself out there. That's important. And as you said, some people, unfortunately, don't give the right price for their work, or they feel like their work isn't worth more than what they're asking for. And so I'm wondering what advice you would give to those people who are kind of struggling with that and are too scared to say, like, I want this specific amount of money for my work. Yeah. So I can share, you know, my own struggles and some examples that I heard from other women. One of the most important thing is that you need to believe in your work and you have to stop to compare your work to other photographers. You must. You must. Because once you start comparing, it, it shuts you down. There are bazillions of photographers, and there are bazillions of photographers with similar styles. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's like I, I, <laughs> I strongly advise to not to look at other photographers' work sim- similar to yours per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in wedding photography business, especially at the beginning, I was looking at so many wedding photographs, and and it would just minimize my own work because I was comparing and then I just stopped I unfollowed everyone and I'm like okay I'm just going to create from my own heart mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what else so find a mentor that's another important thing photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Find a mentor who can guide you in terms of like uh, if there is, let's say, a job offer or somebody is asking you to publish your work for quote unquote exposure, but it's uh, like a national magazine or something. You got to ask for advice. And uh, I mean, I know like recently, like here's an example. Uh, One of the very, 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 very talented photographer she was asked to participate in a campaign of a very, very, very well-known camera gear. And, you know, I mean, you get excited, right? When you get asked, like, by a big brand to do, like, a campaign. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you just say yes without negotiating. Is there a fee? Is there a contract? Mm -hmm. How long is it going to be, you know, this is the question you got to ask. How long is it paying for? Are they going to be used for any anything else? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what is the, you know, they're using your photos 
to advertise their brand, that means you need to be paid. And they expect you to ask that those questions as well. And when you don't ask, they just, uh, they don't offer. So my, I always do, um, when I get a request, uh, and I, and I get requests also for my 9-11 photos all the time, especially now with the 20-year anniversary coming up. I get requests from left and right. And uh, if I see if it's a small organization and they probably no budget, but I always ask, uh, what is your budget? Like, even if you don't know, uh, you don't have to, like, twist your brain and thinking, like, how much do I need to charge? You can just ask, what is your budget? Mm-hmm. And they usually tell you, what is your budget? Uh, or they say, well, we have no budget, but we can offer this and this. Or, and you know, this is a good point for negotiating. And uh, it's okay to negotiate even with uh, brands and or big uh, news organizations. So if they contacted you, means that they want you. Mm-hmm. They want to use your work. You know, the worst case you can say, say no. Uh, and I learned... <laughs> From business, I learned that never say no, uh, ask how much. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Because a lot of people just prefer to say, like, no, just uh, because they assume they don't want to deal with it or they assume many things. I never assume anymore. Again, you know, I learned it from being a commercial photographer. You assume they're going to pay you a lot of money and then they just negotiate with you to the teeth and then then you assume they just going to not going to buy anything they buy you like the most expensive package <laughs> let's say <laughs> so i learned not to assume and uh i just uh, created this online discord community just for women street photographers who are part of any exhibitions and the, one of the biggest reasons I created this for women to ask advice mm-hmm. and ask advice if you don't if you want to know like how much to charge or what equipment to use or if you whatever the question you might ask you go to the community that you trust or people you trust and ask for advice that's the only way and not to be shy you know that's another thing we're always shy to ask for something man they they just they they don't shy <laughs> for asking, you know. Yeah. Uh, they post their work. They they send their work to everybody and everything. And that's another thing why we see a lot of work by male photographers because they don't shy. They they more confident in the, in their work than us women. And and then there's a cycle, you know. We get uh, they, the males send their work to more contests. Obviously, they get picked by male judges, and then we see everything by male through male photography, through male's eyes. And uh, I think I mentioned that we we need more female gaze. You know, we need to have more female judges, female speakers, female workshop leaders, which is another thing that I want to focus on is that to teach 
women how to put together a workshop because mm-hmm. there's so many women photographers who are, who are able to teach but maybe they don't know how to organize in terms of like how to collect payments or what are the like logistics of organizing a workshop and that's what stops them i mean i know that it stopped me to teach workshops for a long time until i just like okay i got to do it and i spend a lot of time of putting it together and thinking all the little details and that's like a half a job mm-hmm. And it scares a lot of uh, people. Our 365 Days of Photography course is an amazing opportunity for you to grow as a photographer. My teammate, Kevin LJ, has produced this course in a step-by-step format, which is very easy to follow. The course is presented in bite-sized lessons, each with a practical challenge. You'll learn and practice a new aspect of photography every single day. Each lesson is around five minutes long, and you can spend as much time on the challenges as you like. There's also a friendly forum where you can share the photos you take and get constructive feedback from others in the course. Kevin's professional photography experience is extensive. He covers not only photography essentials, but also many genres of photography throughout the course. You will learn far more about photography than simply how to use your camera. For our listeners, we're offering a very special discounted price of $199. The final price will soon be $365, so make sure to take advantage of this great deal today. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine how scary it is. And, I mean, everything you've said is completely right. As women especially, we need to be fearless and much more direct when it comes to our work. And having a community, having a mentor, that is so important. And I remember when I first got into photography, I had this girl named Laura who helped me a lot. And... We were basically the same age, but she was way more experienced than I was. And we would talk every day. I would ask her a ton of questions, some of which she couldn't answer because we were both really young. But I felt so supported and so encouraged as a photographer. And I felt really empowered. And I think that's very important for everyone to feel in any genre of photography. So really good advice. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's important to find that. Well, uh, I'll just say support. And confidence in your work. Uh, again, you know, I struggled with my confidence for the longest time. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I attended Mary Ellen Wor- Mark's workshop, which she, you know, after that, she, she wrote me a letter, which surprised me and made me so emotional. I mean, when I was reading it, I was just crying. She confirmed and gave me so much confidence in myself as a photographer, as a creative. And there's a one line she wrote. She's like, you own it to yourself. This is what she wrote. You own it to yourself to produce a a serious body of work. And, you know, I took it as a, a call to action. And at the time I was like, I wanted to be a full-time artist and that just confirmed that, okay, Marilyn Mark, who I respected for so long since I met her in the early 90s, and if she's saying that I am talented and capable and I have to do it, I have to do it, that letter changed my life, you know? 
Mm. And after that, I was like, you know what? I don't care what anybody says because Marilyn Mark, I think I'm thinking I'm talented and that's it. That's enough for me. And that gave me so much strength, so much uh, power uh, in myself. It, it energized, it gave me wings. And and that's it. I'm just like, okay, that's it. <laughs> so find uh, your own. Um, you know what? Another thing is that, which is a uh, typical, mm-hmm. probably any human, you know, women, men. Maybe like if you noticed uh, uh, or you maybe experienced or anybody experienced, uh, let, let's say we put a photo on Instagram, right? And we get all these wonderful comments from friends uh, or, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing photo. And, uh, you know, we love, I love the composition or, you know, it's such a brilliant work, blah, blah, blah. We get like a hundred you know, amazing, supportive comments. And then there's one comment is like, oh God, it sucks. <laughs> and we just like, or or it's a copy of whoever. Did you notice it's a copy, you know, this photographer took this, the same photo or some, something. Oh, yeah. And we completely disregard all this 100 uh, fabulous comments and we just cannot stop thinking about this one negative comment. <laughs> yes. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the negative comments, even those that that have been given to me years ago, that haunt me to this day. (laughs) So so this one comment and we just think, okay, and we believe that comment. Mm -hmm. We think this is true, you know. So one comment out of a hundred and we think this is the the most uh, truthful comment. Yes, that's so funny. Funny psychological mind games. (laughs) Exactly. So, and you know, um, I'll tell you an example. Um, what really knocked me out of my feet was, um, you know, I took this, uh, like, now they considered one of the most iconic photos from 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so there's one photo I took, which I don't remember even taking because I was in a state of shock. Mm-hmm. So this photo... Uh, won a world press photo. Uh, world press photo is like winning an Oscar for a photojournalist. Yeah. And many, many other awards, but this was the most important award. Uh, I went to Amsterdam to receive it from, you know, it was big exhibition. And so I'm, I'm at the opening and I see my photo like printed, like huge, like one meter by two meters. Massive. Uh, you know, first prize. And the next uh, to my photos, you know, uh, James Nachtway, who got second prize, you know, I, I bit like James Nachtway, who's a, you know, God in photojournalism. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing and I'm posing with my golden eye. It's a, like a bronze heavy, like this award. Mm-hmm. Somebody's taking pictures of me next to my photo. And, and I hear, and I, over here, there's two guys behind me uh, saying, oh, God, look at this photo. Uh, look at this. And look at this name. I never heard of this name. It's probably some passerby was passing by and took this picture. And look, and they gave her uh, a first prize. Oh, and so I remember that their conversation so vividly to this day. And it affected me so much. 
I even have a photo. So this uh, person who was taking, who took a photo of me, those two guys standing right behind me. So I have their faces too. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, they're looking like at my photo and talking about it. So I took this negative comment into like, okay, I took this photo by accident. I probably, probably they write because I don't remember taking this photo. And I stopped taking photo actually uh, after that because I was so uh, insecure. I was like, will I ever take a photo as powerful? Or, you know, if I take photographs, people will be comparing my photographs to my 9-11 photographs. I stopped taking photos for several years. And uh, it took me many, many, many years. And through talking with a therapist to realize that, okay, in 2001, I was already a photographer for 20 years. Mm-hmm. 20 years, I was already a photographer. I went there purposely to document 9-11. I wasn't passing by. I went there. I grabbed my camera and I went there. I risked my life. I almost died. And I took those photos after the building crashed. I came home, I mixed the developer and the fixer. I developed that film myself. So, you know, it wasn't an accident. Right. <laughs> uh, but it took me a long time to realize that because of that negative comment. That's what I'm saying. And regardless of so many awards, nomination for Pulitzer, you know, the World Press, and, you know, all these many, many awards that this photo was. Uh, Elton John purchased that photo mm-hmm. and you know it's in all the major museums I disregard that fact yeah and I just sound like okay it was an accident oh my goodness that's, that's terrible that is terrible. so so this is what I learned do not I mean ignore ignore if you if you get a lot of positive comments focus on those mm-hmm uh, not on that one negative comment from someone you never met and you don't know their names. Yeah. That's another thing. There are like so many anonymous comments or from people who are like, you go to their account, they have like 20 followers and their photograph, their own photograph sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so <laughs> do your research. If there is a comment, uh, a negative comment from someone you don't know, just Push it away from your head. Don't focus on it. Focus on the comments from people you know, you respect. Okay. And if you're uh, if you're not sure, ask your mentor. Ask someone you respect mm-hmm. to give you feedback, constructive feedback. Okay. Not just like, okay, all oh, your photos suck. No. If it sucks, tell me why. Mm-hmm. Tell me why it's not successful. Exactly. Yeah. Negative comments. When they're just negative, they're completely useless. And because of that, they should be ignored. But constructive criticism is something that should be given to you by someone who knows a lot about the genre and who you respect as well. So there's a big difference between the two. But yeah, negative comments, despite all of these facts, they can still really get to your head. So you need to actively make sure that you ignore them as much as possible. Yeah. 
You mentioned the September 11th attacks briefly, and you said that you didn't take photographs for a few years after because you felt insecure. After all of that whole situation, do you remember when you started to feel more confident again? Like when was the first time after that situation that you had a shoot that made you feel really good about yourself as a photographer? Oh, yeah, I remember that vividly. <laughs> I have an example, and I always uh, talk about it. Uh, first of all, I always talk about my insecurities and uh, and the moment where I felt far, you know, confident about my work because mm-hmm. we all go through that. We all go through that, and uh, and a lot of people get surprised that you know I experienced the same thing. You know, <laughs> so. As I mentioned, I I didn't take photos for many years Um, for myself, I would say. So from 2001 uh, until I pick up the interest in street photography, uh, which was like 2013. So like 12 years. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, I I was taking photos, you know, I was a wedding photographer and uh, but I didn't do anything for for my own creativity per se. So. In, uh, I believe it was 2013, uh, I took the, when I decided that I wanted to become a full-time artist, and that's what made me happy, I took a workshop, a periodically workshop in Cuba, and I went there for a week, and, you know, one week in Cuba, no telephone, no internet, and you and your camera, and it was just like I felt so happy, mm-hmm. and that's actually one of the reasons I created artist residency because I want somebody else to experience the same thing. I experienced that, you know, one or two weeks, and you and your camera, and and working on your passion, you know. So I took a photo in one of my morning walks. I took a photo, and I knew it was significant photo to me Mm. and I came home and I still love this photo and I made a huge print also like as big as the one uh, from Mm 9-11 I think also was like a one meter by meter and a half big and then I framed it I I framed I have like this big white frame and I put on the floor this frame and I sit on a couch in front of it I'm looking at this photo and I said to myself, you know what? I am a good photographer. And to me, that's when I realized that I have it in me. Like I have it in me. I, I, I am talented. And I, I need to continue to do that. It's something that I've been passionate about all my life. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and that was the beginning. That was the beginning. That's amazing. And then Mary, and then Mary Ellen Mark in 2016 or 15, uh, you know, a couple of years later, she confirmed. Uh, and that was it. That was, that it. was it. That's incredible. So sort of like a rebirth for you as a photographer. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it gave me confidence. And when you're confident in your work or it spreads out into other areas of your life, it made me more confident uh, as a person. It made me more confident as an educator. 
it made me more confident as a influencer. You know, it's a powerful feeling. It's a po- very powerful. And I advise for anyone who's listening to find that in yourself, like find, like make it your turning point. Or if you had that turning point, but you ignored it, go back to that feeling and tell yourself that, yes, I have it in me. I am capable. I am confident. I should be, you know, doing it. And it's so powerful. And then when you are confident in your yourself, in your work, your confident is helping other people. And that's another thing I learned through this whole process of being um, working on women street photographers is that the most, most important realization for me was that helping other women helped me so much. It mm-hmm. got me out of depression and it gave me purpose. All my life, you know, I'm looking for purpose. You know, to me, it's like, what is the purpose? What is the purpose? I always ask myself this. And, you know, having that purpose, helping other women and seeing them grow and have confidence in their work and and blossom and, you know, globally, it's such a powerful feeling as well as that makes you feel so good. Um, Yeah, and it's incredible that you found your purpose and that you are empowering so many women and that you have this community because sometimes as photographers, we feel like we have to really focus on our work and try to be as successful as possible for ourselves. But it's equally important to support other people and to be a part of a community. And that's something you're doing. And it's a good example to set for other photographers as well. Yes, you know, people asking me like, because, you know, I put so much time into women's street photographers. Mm -hmm. And what I realized, uh, actually, is that my own photography right now is not as important to me. Mm-hmm. Like I get satisfaction by helping other women. This is this is the like the, the the feeling again I'm talking about. You know, I come to Bashkortostan once a year and I travel around the villages and I take photos and it energizes me for you know for a year. But this is more actually it, it's like it makes me more happy actually mm-hmm. and uh, i realized that you know what i'm going through a period of my life where actually photography taking photos as not uh, not as important to me right now i'm okay you know i'm okay i don't stress out uh, about that i'm not taking as much photos as i used to uh and, uh, you know, during pandemic, I, I didn't stress out about that. I didn't go out and shoot or people wearing masks or, you know, I was working. Uh, I was working. <laughs> I was more busy than ever, you know, working on my book, working on curating exhibitions and, um, you know, producing those films. And, you know, when you take yourself out of your own head, life changes so much. You, you get different outlook, you know, when you, when you just lock yourself in your head and just think, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 it just sucks you even deeper into your own depression. 
But when you start helping other people who are in need, it takes you out yourself, out of your own problems and out of your own sorry feelings. And uh, believe me, it makes you much more happier and purposeful person. Yeah, I've read a lot about that in various articles and books. A lot of psychologists say that if you want to feel happier, one of the simplest things you can do is just help someone in any way. It'll give you a sense of purpose. You'll feel good. And if you can do that as a photographer in the community, that's even better. I can imagine how fulfilling that is. I knew that a long time ago, right? And you read and you listen and everything. And I was, you know, and I, I was thinking like, you know, I should go maybe volunteer or, you know, like animal shelters or this and that. And, you know, life gets like busy and then you get caught up in your own sorry feelings. And, and, and it's just, but another thing I learned that you got to do it out of heart, not just because you have to. Don't think that, okay, I go and volunteer somewhere and you immediately start feeling better. No, it's actually not true. You you need to want to, mm-hmm. you know, you have to want to do it. You have to want to do it. And, and once you start doing it with the full passion, that's when the magic happens. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, because when you think of something like volunteering, you assume that, as you said, it's an animal shelter or it's, Donating, donating money to a charity, but it's more than that. It can be whatever you want it to be, as long as it helps people in some way. So yeah, that's a very good point to make. Yeah. You are so good at photographing people candidly, and I know that's something that's very important in street photography, but I know that's something a lot of people struggle with. So do you have any tips for aspiring street photographers who don't want to feel self-conscious when they photograph other people? So what I learned, why uh, I love street photography mm-hmm. is, you know, you not only learn a lot of technical things and um, all that, right? It taught me patience, right? It taught me anticipation, but it also taught me how to read people and how to interact with people. Mm-hmm. And one of the like main thing I, I guess I want to say is that when on the street, you have to force yourself not to be afraid. You know, a lot of people, surprisingly, and I was one of them, afraid to approach a stranger. And, you know, we people, we, you know, we can feel, right? When we feel somebody is afraid, we also afraid. Yeah. You know, like when you're afraid and approaching someone, they sense that you're afraid could be your body language it could be the way you're holding a camera or you know anything so but when you are approaching people with a confidence and when you're open and smiling uh and uh they smile back to you uh, at you and that's what i do i approach strangers i smile i don't talk to them i don't ask their permission i approach them i smile i have my camera next to my face they already see me with the camera and they, I, I assume they know that I'm about to take a picture. I smile. I show that I'm not threatening. And they let me to take photos and they take their guards down. And also I stay long enough for them to ignore me. You know, I don't just come to a person, take a, one photo and walk away. No, I stay with them. And then at the end, I always thank them. 
for their time. And this is, and also another thing is that when people get angry, uh, if you want to take a picture and you see someone, right, you take a photo and then you pretend you didn't take a photo. You know, they, they caught you, right? They saw you taking photo and you just like turn away and you're like, oh, no, no, I didn't take photo. That's when they get angry because you lied, you pretended. Mm-hmm. And they may run after you like, why did you take a photo? <laughs> Delete it, blah, blah. So if you get caught, just embrace it. Look them in the eye and smile, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they will smile back. They may ask like, you know, oh, I saw you taking photo. What is it for? I mean, you can just, you know, you can just say honestly, like, you know, compliment them on, you know, just say, oh, you look cool or, you know, you look so stylish. You know, I just, I was compelled to take a photo. Can I take more? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Smooth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so another thing is that one uh, step over that barrier, the I know for a fact, again, you know, I teach a lot of workshops on street photography, uh, not just street photography, but street portraiture and uh, how to approach strangers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are so afraid. I mean, they're shaking. But once they overcome this uh, fear, it's so much, much easier. I can see now it's like they're unstoppable. <laughs> All they do is just street portraits. <laughs> That's the best feeling, feeling unstoppable. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really important to not be afraid to approach people. And that's just a skill that you have to learn. Just because you're afraid of it does not mean that you shouldn't do it. It's just something you need to overcome. Yeah, I mean, I would advise at first to go to some busy corner. Uh, you know, maybe a festival or something that where people are expect to be photographed. And like, and another thing is like, don't assume that people have no time for you or they're too busy or they don't want to be photographed. There's so many times when, when I, when I would take pictures of people, they were like, oh my, oh, thank you so much. Mm. Uh, you made my day. I hear that all the time. You know, they they have their lives, you know, they 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 go to work, um they and then they go home and you know, we all live like regular life, you know, typical boring. <laughs> and yeah. if somebody noticed you uh, and took a photo, I mean, that's uh, memorable, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That's exciting. And it's flattering for most people, I would think, because as you said, they lead these regular lives and somebody random comes up to them and takes a photo of them. And then they can brag about that to their friends and be like, hey, someone thought I looked great. And they took a picture of me on the street. Another thing I do, uh, another tip is that when I go out, um, take photos and uh, let's say there's a, a, a couple or the friends, right? Mm-hmm. One is like very interesting, I don't know, tattoos, hairdo, you know, like great outfit. And the other, then the fr- their friend is just regular, you know, white t-shirt, jeans, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, you take photograph of this um, stylish, unique person and completely ignoring their friends. You know, that's I always, always take a photo of their friends as well, just to make their day as well. Yeah. You know, to, to not to think of, uh, I don't want them to think that they're less interesting. 
you know that's very important it's it's a it's a common uh, courtesy you know if you're taking photograph of someone take a photograph of their friend as well even if you're not going to use it but the the just the act of making them special as well will make their day as well i agree with you yeah that's a good thing to note i've never really done much street photography even though i'm very interested in trying it out in the future but i completely understand what you mean i mean when i have considered approaching people multiple people as well the thought alone is intimidating to approach multiple people but it's a good thing that you mentioned this because it's important yeah to make everybody feel special not just the most stylish person that you think deserves to be photographed everyone all their friends and whoever they're hanging out with so yeah good tip Okay, Glenara, my last question for you is, what is the one thing that you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, my God, I've been talking to you <laughs> for, uh, for all, all of my uh, achievements. Um, you know, I'm so excited to see women from all walks of life to receive attention for their work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I don't think we still have the same opportunities as men. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward uh, to the day I don't have to write a photography festival to ask, you know, why they're not offering workshops by women mm-hmm. or no women on the panel of judges. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, my book, Women's Street Photographers, uh, will remind people that just because you don't see the work of women doesn't mean we're not out there making great art. Right. Yeah, that's very important because, yeah, you're right. I I really have nothing to add to this. I think it's something that needs to change and there needs to be more diversity for sure in the photography community and more exposure for women especially. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you are already getting closer to achieving that goal because you have so many projects that you're working on and most of them, I would say, in my opinion, focus on empowering photographers and especially female photographers. So I am absolutely sure that you will keep getting closer and closer to achieving your goals and empowering other women. And I really want to thank you for that because this was a very inspiring conversation for me as a woman as well. I want to actually add one thing uh, to the listeners uh, of your podcast everything is in your hand. Like, you know, I'd love to see more female collectives around the world. And uh, I remember I was, I think I was in Poland and somebody asked me like, what I should do, you know, to, so there's more uh, female collectives in Poland. I'm like, well, why don't you start one? You know, it's all in our hand. You know, you don't need anything special to make a difference. That's an empowering, yeah. I mean, you don't always need a lot of money, even if that would be great. Sometimes you could just, you know, start a community online, gather people that way or meet people in real life or whatever it is. You're right. We have the power in our hands to make some changes. Yeah. I mean, if you are seeing that there's a void, uh, fill that void yourself. You know, we we can't uh, wait for other people or men. Uh, to give us opportunities we need to create those opportunities ourselves and you don't need anything i started instagram all i did is just open an account that's it 
Yeah. It takes a lot of work, but when you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, we need to take more initiative for sure, especially in a time like this where we have all of these opportunities, both offline and online. So, yeah, it's just a matter of taking initiative and being passionate about a specific cause and then putting in the work. Yep, agree. <laughs> Gunara, thank you so much for your time. I had so much fun talking to you. Thank you for such an empowering and inspired conversation. And I truly cannot wait to see all of the wonderful things that you will create in the future. Thank you so much, Taya. I mean, I, I had a, a great pleasure to talk to you. You had such a great insight and, and I enjoyed your questions. And um, thank you. And I'm looking forward to maybe one day to meet you. <laughs> absolutely we should meet uh we should take some photographs together i would love that that would make my day <laughs> thank you thank you great big photography world wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners we're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers stories and share your feedback with us if you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly you can become a member on our website in return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. Gonara has an amazing portfolio and an equally amazing personality. I loved talking to her about empowerment and confidence. I hope that her story inspires you to believe in yourself and to be patient with your work at all times. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.